The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we cover all the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation, even if they're not at E3. Luckily, we have a major PlayStation release to talk about this week, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, this whole episode is going to be a spoiler-free uh, thought, breakdown, review impressions of Ratchet and Clank. Uh, all four of us, and I'll get to my panel in just a second, have gotten to play it, but obviously we know it's a few days away from release as we're recording this and as you're listening, so don't worry, we're not going to spoil the end of the game we're not going to talk about the master chief cameo we're not going to talk about any of the big stuff we want to save for you in the full game of course oh jeez uh, dorno I, uh, <laughs> I can't help it you just it's the best part of the game obviously uh but no to talk about uh all of rift apart except for the stuff we're not allowed to talk about this week i'm joined by simon cardi hello i am here and still haven't had a haircut for 17 months now so uh <laughs> it's getting too much it's too warm sweaty hairline is not good it's not great but uh as one of the two chaos boys it's great to have you here the other <laughs> oh, of course anytime. being me uh also yes. joined this week by steve sailor thank you so much steve for joining us this week hey thanks so much for having me on this is uh this is exciting to be able to talk about this finally <laughs> yes yeah happy to have you back on the show and we're also joined this week by uh one member of the carpool crew unfortunately the whole gang is in here but mark medina thank you so much for joining us it's true. I am here. Mitchell did tweet that he's very excited to uh, reveal his review of, I think it was Tools of Destruction on Twitter because he hasn't played Rift Apart yet. Uh, so look forward to that on uh, on Mitchell's Twitter. Also, uh, Simon, I love your hair. Don't let anyone tell you any different. I mean, I'm sure I, they I don't. Know, I mean, um, I tell myself every day, but every day I look at the door that leads outside and I go, not today. You're good enough, you're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. But you just can't oh, go outside. Uh, it's, like having, it's like having my mom on the podcast. Just to be sure. I was, was going to make the same joke, but the absolute, op- the absolute opposite. I was like, man, it's way nicer than my mom. Anyways, uh, go ahead. Y'all get enough water? Hydrating? Let's hydrate, everybody. I have uh, plenty, and I'm sure it'll be gone within two minutes uh, because of all the shenanigans. We're just going to talk about hair for the next 50 minutes. That's actually what we're here to talk about. Both ours and uh, the fur and hair of the many aliens you meet in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That's my segue. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Clickbait. Yes, exactly. That's how we do it around these parts. Uh, But no, of course, we're all going to be playing, uh, or we're all going to be talking about uh, Ratchet and Clank, which we've all played. Uh, We all, as far as I'm aware, have rolled credits on it. Um, and so we'll be diving into uh, the gameplay, the story, uh, the the visuals, the audio, the accessibility, um, uh, all of what we've gotten to play, of course, while keeping it spoiler free for the uh, later bits of the game. So you can all enjoy it. Obviously, if you don't want to hear anything, turn this off and listen after you've played. But we hope you'll stick around and listen. Uh, I did, of course, want to start things off by mentioning I reviewed Russian Clank for IGN. Uh, you can check out my full review on IGN in the written form, as well as video on there and YouTube, which was edited by Mark Medina, uh, who is right here with us. Uh, yep. Go check out that video. It is a phenomenally edited uh, edited video review. Mark, you did an awesome job. So thank you uh, for putting that together. But yeah, definitely recommend you go check that out. But uh, just to give a quick overview, uh, in case anyone's wondering, uh, I ended up giving it a nine. I really loved it. I've been a fan of Ratchet & Clank since the original games, uh, played the original trilogy back on PS2 and have kind of been with it since then. Um, I thought this one is probably the best playing of the whole franchise. I think it's one of the like best playing um 
sort of action platformers that I played in some time. Uh, I think the the arsenal of weapons is a really, really great uh, loadout for the series. There's definitely some of my favorites that aren't there, but there's a lot of like new favorites for me as well. Um, I, I, but I think the the big things, you know, as a PS5 exclusive, a dedicated PS5 exclusive, uh, it is a ridiculously pretty game. Like this is definitely the prettiest PS5 game, probably one of the prettiest games I've just ever played in general. Um, and the it, but it's backed by like a pretty meaningful story. I think the game does a really great job of getting to some surprisingly emotional places. It's still really, really funny. Like if, if you're someone who loves the humor of Ratchet and Clank, I think it's still there and I think it's still very funny uh, and approachable for like all ages funny. But I think the the story that they set up, especially with Ratchet and Clank's uh, sort of through line from from where this picks up after Into the Nexus. But even if you don't know about that, I, th- I think it still introduces everything really well. And the introduction of Rivet and some other characters, I think is just so well done. I think Jennifer Hale as Rivet is phenomenal, and I can't imagine this franchise without her. Like, I I think it would be very strange to start adding too many names to these titles and calling it Ratchet and Clank and Rivet and three other people's names. But like, to me, Rivet is is as integral now to this franchise as Ratchet and Clank are, and I, I hope she's around for some time because I really really. Uh, enjoyed the character work there but uh yeah that's sort of a, a, a briefish overview be sure to check out uh my my full review on ign but i want to hear from all of you uh especially because i wrote uh, thousands of words about it so people can read all that i want to hear from all of you um about sort of the game in general uh y- your brief thoughts and so before we get into specifics of things uh simon i'll, I'll start with you what what sort of your your mm. general thoughts on rift apart uh yeah i would have given it a three fair um, enough yeah no, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I think you're bang on. It's a, it's a very good game. Wait, hold on. It Herman is, is calling. Um, yes. Yeah, you, okay. Yeah. Simon, you're off the show. I gotta, I gotta go. Like, so goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, no, it is like you said. It's brilliant. They've kind of Insomniac have as close as they can perfected this formula. I think of Ratchet and Clank, like the action platforming you were talking about, is so smooth. Like with rarely any hiccups. Like you said, the story did surprise me. It was a better story than I was maybe expecting it. I think the 2016 Ratchet and Clank is a good story, but it's a fairly A to B, you know, you, you know exactly what the story is. There's not much to it. It's, it's a basically a children's film in a game, <laughs> but um, this actually has a couple of tender moments. Like you said, Rivet is fantastic. I enjoyed my time of Ribbit, 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 the frog. <laughs> Ribbit the, the frog, frog actually yeah. is my favorite. We're character. not allowed to talk about um, Ribbit, Simon, Ribbit. broken heart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rivet, I actually probably enjoyed my time with Rivet more than Ratchet. And yeah, like you said, Jen of Hell is fantastic in it. And yeah, there's just so many things like about this game. But yeah, the first thing you do notice is just how good it looks. And I thought the 2016 Ratchet is one of the best looking games I played, even when I went back recently to look at it. Uh, but this is just, yeah, one step beyond, really. Yeah, it's it was really impressive. I had gone back to play the 2016 one because of the performance patch for PS5. And yeah, it was a, a very, you know, fun, enjoyable, pretty experience. But then, yeah, you see the step up to Rift Apart and also knowing that this is just a brief thing, but like knowing that this is the start of the generation, like this is their first dedicated PS5 exclusive, like what we're going to get to years from now, really like that, <laughs> what that could mean yeah. for that is really exciting. But um, Steve, mm-hmm. what, what, what did you think of the game overall? Um, yeah, so th- because this is my actually my very first Ratchet game, uh, I don't have a lot of uh, sort of ties to the to the universe. I know it's a very long running franchise, but um, I will say that uh, even with that and jumping into the story, uh, it I still was able to kind of play along and, and actually know kind of at least what the majority of what uh, was being uh, told uh, just my, like minus obviously any uh, kind of special Easter eggs that I didn't catch because I didn't. Uh, a chance to play them before but for me this game is kind of like and i know this sounds weird like knowing that there was a ratchet and clank movie like this feels like pixar made a video game mm-hmm. uh it is gorgeous it just it, it plays really well the story is fantastic like, like you said rivet is just a, a a great character i can't even now imagine actually this the series without uh, without her either and I'm just like I and now I'm going to feel weird kind of going back to play previous Ratchet games and she's not in there. Uh, Jennifer Hale does a fantastic job with that. And uh, I think it, it there's like if if you like if Astro's Playroom was sort of like the tech demo of what the PS5 can do. This is what it, this is that 
but on a larger scale. Like it's pretty much like Insomniac was kind of like, let's just throw everything at the PS5 and just see what it can do. And it's able to do a lot of uh, all, like everything in it in spades and it looks and plays extremely well um, as with the new PS5 hardware. And this is a true next gen game. And, and like you said, uh, John, like essentially it's like it's going to be interesting to see what the couple years now down the line is going to be like for PS5 games, because if this is what it looks like now at the launch, holy cow, we're we're going to be in a, in, in for a, a, a really, really fun ride uh, on the play, PlayStation 5 generation. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, obviously, they've been longtime partners for a while, but I think it was pretty savvy of uh, PlayStation to pick up those uh, that that indie studio you never heard of Insomniac uh, as a full time first party uh, team, because from the launch of the PS4, they've done Spider-Man remastered Miles Morales and now Ratchet and Clank within six months of this console being out like kudos to them for being able to do all of that and for hitting the quality bar that they have just been hitting uh, consistently here. Um, it's 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 really impressive work. Mark, what about you? Obviously, uh, you didn't just edit my review. Of course, you you've played the full game. You, you you've mm-hmm. experienced quite a bit of it. Uh, what what did you think about Ratchet and Clank? Yeah, I'm like uh, one trophy away from the platinum, but I've been just so busy with the review on, that Mark. I was I was just, just like I, I whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I hate the cliche of saying uh, it does everything that the previous game does, but better but like <laughs> I, I i really can't think of a better example where that's that, that that's more true than with this game uh story gameplay visuals obviously there's a console generation there uh there is nothing that rift apart does that is worse than 2016 it does everything dramatically better i it's a it's a little a little hyperbolic but a few people on staff have been asking like hey so how's rift apart uh compared to 2016 and i'm like Rift Apart makes 2016 looks like look like act, absolute garbage. Like that game, <laughs> it's a little dramatic. But uh, yeah, is Rift this, Apart is this the phrase yeah, just Ronnie? A little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this the phrase Ronnie has gotten you to say this week? No. <laughs> <laughs> but damn it, I should have talked to him before the podcast. Uh, but yeah, no, like 2016 is a fantastic game. Uh, when it, it we did a white elephant at IGN, and I gave. I that was my gift was 2016 and people were like fighting over it. Like, I love that game and I wanted so many people to play it. Uh, So to get Rift apart and just to have everything about it just be just scaled up to 11 is it was a joy to play uh, from start to finish. I love this game a lot. I would have given it a 12, a 12, uh, whatever. Well, Dan Stapleton probably had a few discussions. I I would have broken the scale. Yeah, Um, I I guess. Yeah, for reference, because that seems to be sort of how some discussions go. I I didn't um, I I felt uh, uh, amazing, made sense for this one. Um, I really, really love the game overall. I think some of the side stuff loses a little bit of the momentum, Um, Mm -hmm. specifically the uh, there's like. Uh, speedles that you can hop on the back of that are these uh, space slugs essentially and you can chase them around I don't think they control super well and I never really found those uh, portions of the game fun they're not again you know a foundational part of the game but they pop up often enough that I never really enjoyed them when they did show up Um, Mm -hmm. and there's a few other little side bits like that where uh, it didn't quite land as well as the rest of the game did for me but that's just because the 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 parts that do land so well are at such a high bar um Mm -hmm. that they they just quite didn't land and i i'd almost wish they like weren't there like i I wish there was another way to get through the level at that point but um, i think i'm with you there like i I wouldn't actually give it a three that was a lie Um, (laughs) or a 12 uh, because you can't uh but uh (laughs) I would I would have been like eight or nine probably. I would I'm similar with you. I think Jonathan, some of the side stuff does let it down slightly. I think mm-hmm. the main campaign is great. That's a good probably like eight hours if you're playing it normally. You could probably I reckon you probably speed run this game about three if you wanted or quicker. Uh, Mark probably knows more about that than me. Well, they just but, added um, the skip cutscene option, so yeah, you can get through it pretty quick now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, my, so, um, go ahead. You were one trophy away from the platinum. I got the platinum in about fifteen hours, which is quite mm-hmm. short for a AAA game. But I also didn't really mind because I would I don't mind Insomnia making a fifteen-hour game once a year if it's this and Spider Man. Like <laughs> I'm happy them doing that rather than a thirty-hour game every three years. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it um, I I think in my review when I had placed things, I was at 90 percent in about 16 hours total. But that was also a lot of time spent in photo mode and a lot of time just like um, I there there's a a way to make the the hunt for collectibles a little bit easier without spoiling too much. But like I, I didn't find that thing for a little bit. And so mm-hmm. I was definitely searching a bit here and there uh, for extra time. But yeah, I think I wrapped everything up in under 20 hours i'm on my challenge mode run and having a blast with it um and challenge mode does return uh and without saying too much it's kind of what you would expect from a ration clank challenge mode but um i i am i'm fully enjoying my second playthrough like i've platinumed it but i'm i'm just having fun upgrading the weapons even more just exploring these worlds again like it it is just such a fun joyous thing to be going through the experience of it um, and I, I do want to sort of get into the the nuts and bolts of of this uh, entire game. And, and that's another platforming franchise for you uh, and not the most beloved entry in that Banjo-Kazooie series. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, let's hear them talk about it. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, I do want to get into sort of uh, the nitty gritty of it all. And I think start off on the the graphical and the audio side of it. Um, I want to hear from all of you, but just to give a, a sense of it, I think, as we've been saying, like, this is just a, a crazy pretty game. And I do think I, I think Mark Mothersbaugh's uh, score is really great. It basically sounds like he did another Thor Ragnarok score, which I'm all for because <laughs> I love that score. Um, I think the 3D audio use comes off very well, but um, they they use it specifically once in gameplay early on, which you've seen in, I think, the state of play for everyone out there. Uh, and then it doesn't really get used after that in, in terms of like a mechanic. Um, but but Simon, what, what did you think of it just on a like the presentation level of like how it, yeah, how I mean, it brings you into these worlds? I'm also all Thor, the uh, score as well. Someone yes. say Ragnarok's. <laughs> if you uh, were making terrible puns on a podcast, which yes. I'm sure everyone loves. Um, 
yeah, this the music did stand out to me a lot. It was just, con- it, yeah, it was just like space rock at times. It was electro synth rock at times. I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed it. I, like you said, it reminded me of Thor Ragnarok, and a lot of elements of this game do remind me of Thor Ragnarok at times, and that's never a bad thing for me. So, no. uh, yeah, yeah, on a sound level and the 3d audio with headphones on as well just sounds amazing you always know where our enemy is going to be which you know it's not the most challenging game in the world not not for me anyway but that, that made me sound <laughs> like i'm gonna game so, you know what it, it, it was yeah uh <laughs> but um yeah uh and before i've already said before it's just absolutely stunning i don't know what more you can really say about how good it looks apart from if you've seen any trailers or footage from this game you know how good this looks i mean yeah you don't need to be told really yeah it's uh it, it's pretty apparent from from the gameplay they've shown but uh steve i i want to get into a little bit we were talking a little bit before the show of like how much can be going on it on screen at some times um and and obviously talking about the 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 volume of stuff going on how, how was the experience from you just in general and how do you feel because i i do want to get into it throughout the show but uh, you know obviously mm. you've done a lot of fantastic work with the accessibility community uh with gaming how did, how did you feel this balanced accessibility options for you know, visual and audio aspects of the game. Yeah. So, I mean, Insomniac has had a really good history um, with their accessibility journey um, going back as far as even like as Miles and uh, and the remaster version of Spider-Man actually even going to the original uh, Spider-Man. There was some pretty decent accessibility options that we had not seen in the community before, which was really cool. So Insomniac, we knew going in that they they cared about accessibility and in, in that sort of sense, like there is a lot that's uh, that's here um, in regards to sort of the graphics and audio. There is moments in this where there is a lot happening on screen, especially in a combat scenario where it's especially like there's just a lot of effects happening. There's a lot of enemies that are around you and they kind of and they can, can swarm you pretty quick. Uh, and so for a cognitive accessibility aspect, that can be a lot but there are certain options that can be able to help uh there are uh high contrast modes uh which they kind of took from their own uh for miles morales and spider-man but then also uh looks like they kind of took some pages out of uh, naughty dogs for the last of us uh book when it comes to high contrast where you can actually be able to turn off the background and sort of like a muted sort of black and white and you can sort of have a, a shaded color for um yourself uh or uh, any enemies or anything you can interact or uh, or basically destroy like any of the crates and stuff like that. And that can definitely help sort of eliminate a lot of the noise that is happening. It's beautiful noise, but it still can be <laughs> for, for some, uh, can be a lot of, even for myself with a visual disability, it can definitely be uh, too much. So having that high contrast mode is great. And you can customize that actually even further than what last of us did. They were able to, in this able to sort of kind of, you can turn off and on certain aspects. So if you want to have high contrast mode, but you don't want to have the black and white sort of background, you can, you can have that be turned off or turned on, but also as well, you can have like uh, your character, whether you're playing as, as ratchet or as, or as rivet, you can have that where there, there, you don't need to have the high contrast uh, color turned on, which is really great. And then uh, you can also, uh, be able to like adjust the colors of certain things. So if certain colors stand out to you more, you can customize the colors for each of the other enemies or things you interact with in the game, which is really neat. Um, audio wise, I was able to play a lot with the uh, the 3D audio uh, headphones uh, that fr- that are provided by Sony, um, and it helps a lot. Uh, for someone like myself who is blind or low vision, 3D audio is is really really helpful because a it allows for a lot of immersion. But then also it does help for knowing where enemies are at any given point, um, even with the l- a lot of uh, things that are happening on screen, having that knowing that there's an enemies behind you uh, in the three, 3D spatial audio space is really, really great. And I think it's it definitely insomnia should be applauded for being able to kind of take that care and put into it. And again, like. It also, the soundtrack, I love, uh, I love it as well. It's weird that essentially the guy who wrote the song Whip It essentially uh, like wrote <laughs> and composed this entire game, which is really, really great. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it's just it's definitely gorgeous, but it can definitely be a lot uh, on screen. Um, and actually, I will mention one sort of feature that essentially it's the only way I've been able to play this is there are ways to be able to adjust the game speed. And I think you mentioned in, in, in sort of the preview uh, when yeah. you saw there they, they mentioned it. This actually helped me out so much. I basically had a 30% game speed uh, turned on where it, like it slows down enough for the game 
that I was able to go into combat situations where I was able to uh, knock anyone out and also like being able to dodge missiles, which is something that in this kind of a game, I usually am very terrible at <laughs> and being able to dodge like pulse beams or just missiles just because of the game speed was able to be slowed down enough that because without it, it's frantic. It, if you're not moving, you're pretty much you're going to die pretty, really quickly. But with this, it was like it was just enough of a, a slowdown that I was able to get past certain parts, including like the speedle uh, areas where you're having like and, and also the fast sort of chase sequences and stuff. You're grinding on rails and stuff like that. Like that helps so much that that's probably the one feature I used throughout the entire game. Um, yeah. And it doesn't even like as far as I was able to tell, it doesn't even sacrifice frame rate for that either. It really does sort of showcase the power of the ps5 and that i didn't really notice any frame drop offs uh, uh like in in my sort of playthrough even when there's a lot happening on screen um i think there probably might have been and maybe i just didn't notice but for me it didn't feel like that it was slowing down in parts or stuttering in its parts because the game speed was turned on so um overall yeah graphics and, and audio just, was just fantastic yeah, that, that's really great to hear. I did want to get into the, the game speed option uh, when we talk about gameplay, too. But that, that's really great to hear because, yeah, I am. Um, I It feels like the, the biggest possible, like really new addition. Like you were saying, it, it seems like I, I was trying to go through the options um, as much as possible um, just just to get a sense of what was there. And they, um, they I, I think you're totally right. There's very clearly like some learning going back and forth between the Sony studios, which I appreciate. Where like, you know, the last of us strides that were made and then learning some things here, learning some things from what they did with Spider-Man and putting that forward. Um, I that, though, feels like a really foundational step forward. And the fact that it, as you were saying, like, doesn't sacrifice the look of the game. It doesn't sacrifice people's options to earn trophies and things like that. But it it just makes that stuff more manageable, especially when battles are bigger than they've ever been in the series, where there's more enemies at a time than ever before. It's, It's nice that that, at least for you, didn't feel like it was sacrificing the experience in any way. Um, no, it actually was able to for, I was able to enjoy it a lot more um, yeah. because of that. And, and that's the thing, too. Like we go back to the sort of the trophy thing. I I'm about 61 percent completion for for trophies right now. And Insomniac games are kind of been the only ones that I've been like close to basically getting platinum. Like I platinumed uh, Marvel Spider-Man. That was the very first game I ever got a platinum trophy in. Uh, I have one trophy away from uh, from Miles uh, to get the platinum, and I think actually this one was sort of an expert. So, it, Insomniac just does trophies in a way that are approachable and are not hugely skill based. That it can be possible to be able to not only from a dis- uh, accessibility angle, but and also be able to like you can if you want to go for a platinum, there's definitely that that possibility in there, uh, depending on sort of which spectrum of the disability may be in. Yeah, which which is awesome to see, especially as uh, someone who really loves talking about trophy hunting. Um, I did want to get I know you said you had played a little bit of it and Mark, you did as well. And so I want to ask a little bit uh, as we're recording, uh, I'll, I'll have impressions in my review, but I haven't gotten to play with the uh, the performance modes uh, outside of the the standard fidelity mode, which is the 30 frames per second, 4K uh, ray tracing on and all that sort of mode. Uh what has the experience and, and Mark, I'll start with you been for the other uh, visual fidelity modes that they have had in there? Yeah, so they're they're um, they're very similar to Miles Morales. Uh, Miles Morales launched with a performance mode and then eventually came with the performance ray tracing mode. This game luckily is launching with both of those modes. Um. So behind me, I, I have a 4K OLED TV and I, I will tell you that in my old age, uh, hey, and all that stuff doesn't really like blow my brain apart. I'm way more about frame rate. Uh, if if I wasn't a PlayStation gamer, it's because I'm a PC gamer. So I'm used to playing most games at like 144 <laughs> hertz or, you know, 165 hertz. So to me, I'm all about frame rate. And when I sw- we didn't get to play a lot of the game in any fidelity mode because the patch wasn't out yet. Uh, and they just released that patch over the weekend. And so I jumped in. And I tried performance mode, which is there's like I said, so there's performance mode, which is it tries to keep the um, resolution up while giving you 60 frames per second. To me, I, I felt like that that was kind of the worst mode uh, because you're, you know, you're you're just keeping resolution um it, to me, it was kind of like, meh. but then there's the performance ray tracing mode. So then that lowers the resolution even more. But and it's still a variable resolution, but then it keeps on ray tracing. And to me, that is the absolute 
best way to play the game uh, if you can, because it's like it still looks super shiny. You still see all the reflections, but that 60 FPS in a game like this where the action is all over the place. Uh, I will say I, I had a little bit of trouble going back to fidelity mode because most of the review won't well, actually all of the reviews captured in fidelity mode. And so I, I did a little bit of capture in the performance RT and had to go back down to fidelity mode. And I was like, oh, these 30 frames, man. And again, in a game like this, where it's like it's so action oriented that 60 FPS to me is like it's it's super needed uh and then also just like input delay you know the, the game just feels so much better when you're running at 60 fps versus uh versus 30 and so i will say if you're not incredibly sensitive to 4k stuff like me i can barely tell the difference i can definitely tell the difference between 30 and 60 and and so performance ray tracing is my recommended way to play this game I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely excited to jump into it. I'll be honest with you. Before this generation began, I was very much someone who, having really never played anything on PC, uh, and just accepting games as they were offered to me on on consoles, was like, I don't understand why people care about frame rates. I think this is silly. I want it to look as pretty as possible. But I'll be real with you. Anytime I've gotten a game that plays 60 frames on a PS5, man, it's hard to go back to the game in non 60 frames per second. So I I kind I get it now. I understand. <laughs> Um, Steve, you, you had said you, you've been able to play a little bit around with these or am I incorrect? Yeah, Sorry. so I was able yeah. to play around with uh, performance uh, mode to a, a little bit uh, over the weekend. And I, I definitely agree. Like it's having that like sort of fixed sort of 60 frames um, definitely helps. And it will actually also improve if you're playing uh, the game in slower game speed. Uh, it, it definitely kind of makes it a little bit more smoother. Um, not to say that the previous mode wasn't smooth, but it, it kind of adds that extra uh, bit of frame rate, which is really, really great to be able to see. Um, and I think for me, the yeah, I'm the same. It's like for obviously visually impaired. It's like 4K is cool. Um, ray tracing looks better for mm -hmm. me because uh, mm -hmm. at least it's something that I can actually see. Like sort of the the pixel fidelity that it comes into 4K. Uh, I never understood sort of that aspect when everyone was like like salivating over it um but to me some like ray tracing that's like that actually looks really cool i love seeing like the the reflections uh and and sort of the the different sort of lighting effects that are uh throughout the entire game uh especially even with your weapons your weapon uh, a, a lighted effect to them uh which looks really cool and having that in 60 frames it just it's it, it like i was like okay this is what I wanted to be able to play the full game in all the time. So I'm thinking I might go back and try to be able to play more of it uh, and, and challenge mode and just kind of like and really saturate myself in the in in the 60 frames goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, uh, it, I'm definitely excited to jump into it for my challenge mode run as well. And you were talking a little bit about the weapons. And so I do want to transition to talking a little bit about gameplay for sure. Um, I think we'll probably keep things relatively light on uh, a story for now uh, since people uh, should experience it for themselves. But uh, in, in terms of the gameplay, yeah, as I had mentioned, I, I think this is probably one of my favorite arsenals. And I know I'm, I'm a bit more uh, familiar with the series um, than the rest of the panel. So like in, in general, I think this is a really, really solid lineup of, of weapons for Ratchet and Clank. There are definitely some of my favorites, including some in the 2016 game that don't return. Uh, but there's new stuff in here. Uh, as I mentioned, in my review, like the topiary sprinkler, I think is just wonderful to turn all of your enemies into plants. Um, I think uh, as much as I, I miss having a Zircon with you, uh, Mr. Fungi, uh, not just because of the name is, is a really great addition as well. Um, but I want to hear from all of you sort of on the both on the mechanical side and just in terms of you in, enjoyed the most of the lineup. Simon, I'll start with you. What, what were some of your favorite weapons? Uh, uh, that you I as well as well as being a chaos boy. I'm just <laughs> I was a, a shatter bomb boy for most of the time, nice. like, yeah. especially once you upgraded that, like the amount of damage you can do, especially to just a horde of like 10 little enemies. Like you can pretty much one bomb will do them all because, yeah, the way you can upgrade it to basically make it explode three or four times in a row just with one press of a trigger is very satisfying um yeah i really enjoyed the headhunter as well just because if you can land those headshots on some of the bigger enemies it makes light work of them very easily i enjoyed that and it slows down time and that always just looks cool doesn't it so oh, yeah um those are probably my two favorite surprising bit of the gameplay were the clank sections because in the 2016 game i thought the clank sections weren't great they were 
every time I encounter one of those, I was like, can we get mm. through this to the next bit, please? Of course. Launcher and what's not compared to the 2016 version. And I just thought they were, they were just a lot more interesting. Like, there's no combat really as clanked. You're just doing pure puzzles. And I, they're not, like, they get fairly complex near the end. Like, but they're never, like, too too difficult. They're, they're a good level. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised how good the puzzle bits of the puzzle platforming were at times. Yeah, these are uh, definitely just for some context. I think the uh, these are much more evocative of some of the PS3 Ratchet and Clank games mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what the Clank levels do. And I, I really love when they when they bring stuff uh, with Clank a bit more it, to the forefront of the fold, because, yeah, some of the some of the stuff in 2016 and obviously it was a little bit hindered by being a remake of the the original to a certain extent. Um, yeah. it, it works fine enough in the context of it, but it, it's like rather unremarkable there. But, yeah, the, these puzzles, I think, are more clever and play a little bit more to what they've done with clank in the pad i really love and like honestly if i just kind of wish there were more of them if there had been like five or six more of those i would have yeah i wanted more en- I, what i will say is back in. there's a new there's uh sections with a character called glitch and they kind of turned into the clank equivalent of the 2016 version for me where i was like can we move on from this please because <laughs> i didn't think i personally didn't think those sections were very interesting uh, I know other people may have thoughts on those bits as well, so I'll, I'll pass that one on. Well, no, we we can talk about glitch. So yeah, in my review, I mentioned I I love the glitch sections for glitch. Uh, I think the robots <laughs> characterization is phenomenal or, or piece of software. Um, I think glitches is, is really well executed on a uh, uh, personality level, but I agree they are rather uh simplistic and don't really escalate in an interesting way they just sort of Uh escalate to be more thing more enemies thrown at you and not in a way that is like clever to figure out how to get through um steve how how did you feel about the glitch sections uh, the glitch section, I think, was probably like the surprisingly most charming aspect of of the game. Um, once you kind of get to sort of know the personality of glitch, it was like, oh, I just want glitch to be my friend too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and it's it, like, the, yeah, you're right. The gameplay of it, um, is is a little bit repetitive as as you go, and there, there is like a little bit of escalation, but. Um, you're right. It's just kind of like it's just more uh, more to do uh, with that repetitiveness of it. And I, I will say there is definitely going to be a, a little bit of an accessibility issue with it in that there because of uh, without really spoiling too much, essentially, like you're having to be able to like climb up walls and uh, and, and, and ceilings. And that might disorient you if you're prone to like uh, motion sickness. Um, and that that's of the core mechanic of that section um so and there are sort of like motion uh sickness kind of like settings you can be able to turn on if you're if you're prone to that but um usually stuff like camera shake and motion blur that can be turned off but that can like for me was can the camera can be a little bit disorienting when when you're having to be able to do those sections i will say still it's probably my favorite sort of like little like throughout the uh, entire game um it was just really yeah. cool but um yeah and then going back to the to the weapons uh i usually whenever i'm playing games that have like multiple different sort of like really crazy wacky weapons i usually find like one or two that are just kind of like my go-tos and then anytime i'm like i run out of ammo for those i'll just switch to whatever's available and just be like okay i need to be able to like just get past the section just whatever like okay whatever weapon and I've got left. I'll figure it out. But this is the first game that I actually was able to like utilize in pretty much every combat situation, pretty much a majority of the weapon arsenal that I had um, used the most were the executor. Um, that's sort of mm. like a kind of like a lightning shotgun, um, which helps a lot when you're having enemies kind of like around you all the time. Uh, and I probably shatter bomb was definitely one. Warmonger was, was another one. Um, and I think uh, like, I, I tried to be able to use the headshot one. It was like that one was a l- little bit difficult for me visually, but I was able to like you. I think probably the one I enjoyed the most anytime I used it was the ricochet, um, which yeah. essentially like you shoot uh, like a little little tiny little robot thing that will just kind of like will keep hitting the uh, and b- bouncing back and forth of, of the enemy that you're shooting against, which is like it was kind of fun just to kind of like watch the little animation of just like like. Again, there's a lot there and there's a lot happening that if, if it wasn't for some of the accessibility options that were there, I probably would not have enjoyed this game as much as I did. Um, and in a lot of times, actually, generally when there's accessibility stuff, I, I use them for, for quite a bit. Um, and sometimes it's like but usually like if I, I don't 
necessarily need to be able to use them as much um, when I'm when I'm playing kind of case, uh, case in point, essentially, um, they make the, a lot of accessibility options I use. They kind of make the gameplay a little bit more comfortable so I can actually be able to like lean back and actually be able to play. But this is uh, one of those games that in order for me to be able to get past sections, I had to use accessibility options. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a way that like is, is good and also can be bad, especially for uh, accessibility. Well, I think we'll get touch into it in, in a little bit, but essentially there can be like, it, it, it's it, the gameplay aspect of it is probably still for me. Platforming is still hard to do, but mm-hmm. there's enough in here that, I mean, I was able to roll credits and for me, that is actually rare to be able to actually roll credits on a game, uh, especially nowadays. Uh, uh, so for me, I think that that gameplay was just it's it's good, but there's definitely stuff that I absolutely needed in order to be able to get past uh, a lot of the sections in the game. For sure. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I want to do uh, more of a deep dive and, and look at the uh, <clears throat> the gameplay at large and, and how those options uh, did and didn't really uh, contribute to stuff. But Mark, I do want to touch on briefly uh, your thoughts on the weapons. And also a, a thing that I love that you added to the review was the uh, <laughs> showing some of the dual sense examples of the, <laughs> the way it was uh, reverberating on the triggers and whatnot. What, what did you think of the weapons in general and what did you think of the dual sense implementation? Yeah, it's it's kind of strange. It's something I never thought about wanting to add to a review, especially because of like the custom capture it takes of setting up a camera and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Steve. I the ricochet was my favorite weapon early on. Also, I, I think it's really overpowered early on because not only does it hurt them a lot because of the homing damage, but it also staggers them. Uh, but yeah, it's this fun yeah. weapon where you shoot it and once it hits them, it turns into this uh you know kind of like opens up and turns into this this white little ball and then you push the trigger again and it hits him again and it becomes this dance of uh you know trying to trying to stay where you are dodge kind of move around not get hit but then you're also like it actually doesn't even look like you're it, it's weird to show the gameplay of it because you don't see that in the background you're using this gun that's kind of bouncing off in the background. When you're looking at the gameplay, you just see Ratchet kind of jumping around and you're like, no, there's I'm shooting a gun. Trust me. It's just in the background (laughs) and you don't see it. Uh, But yeah, the reason I I, I felt it was really important in the review to actually show that is because, you know, you mentioned about how the pistols, uh, you know, you actually feel it and you do, you know, you're shooting the burst pistol that you see on screen and you feel that in the controller. You feel the tick, 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 tick. And so in the uh, I can't wait for someone to sound bite that out. So, so <laughs> it, when you uh, when you do the ricochet, when you shoot it, you, you can you can just mash the trigger if you want. But um the dual sense makes a little bit of a sound effects. It, it, it does a little bit of a, of, of a bleep or whatever. And that's when you're supposed to pull the trigger. And so I, I felt it was important to show that like, not only are the sounds in the game amazing, but the controller itself also has a lot going on as well. Like every time you dash, you hear a little bit of a whoosh from the controller. And so it's funny, we were talking about audio earlier. And uh, so for two reasons, I, I didn't get to play with the 3d audio because when you play with 3d audio, it doesn't capture properly because it's trying to, you know, it's trying to come through mm. on seven different channels uh, and that doesn't make uh, for good video editing. Uh, and then also it, it's it's something to be said that if you don't have headphones or don't want to, you'll be able to hear all the things the DualSense is doing as well. And so that's yeah. uh, that's that's a, a, a nice little treat. Uh, but yeah, the ricochet super overpowered. Get it as early as you can. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. Lo- level that thing up quickly. But you're totally right. It's that weird balance of I think 3D audio is a really, really great addition. But I do like when the speaker is used on the controller in fun ways. Like I don't want it to be too overwhelming because it can kind of be a little distracting sometimes to hear a thing come out from your controller when you're focused on what's happening on screen. But uh, the the touches like the ricochet, I feel like aren't intrusive, but a, a nice little addition, as you were saying, for like the timing mechanic of it. But yeah, mm-hmm. the the 3D audio in general, I definitely recommend like I, I played a, a bit of the game as well, just on my TV speakers and, and my sound system just to get a sense of that as well. And like if you're playing the game that way, you're not in for a bad audio experience mm-hmm. in any way. Like it does still sound great. The the soundtrack still comes through well. It, it's pretty well balanced. But yeah, if you have a chance to listen with 3D audio, I think both in terms of a like gameplay benefit and just a listening benefit, it's really worth hearing the way they bring these planets alive in yeah. 3d audio for sure i want to like reiterate 
that it's like it's so funny like when you when we play games during review periods there there often is stipulations on on how we have to play you don't you know this is a first world problems to complain about how we have to play a game <laughs> but like sure my preferred way to play this game would be 60 fps performance ray tracing with my pulse headset during the review period i had to play in fidelity with with just the speakers and I still love the game, so that should tell you how great this game actually is. Uh, but it, it's made it where, yeah, the uh, the challenge mode. I'm like, I can't wait to jump back in because there are so many. There, there, there's a whole different side to this game I haven't got to try yet. Yeah, you um, you still want to give it a 12 despite having not even played it that way. <laughs> the second um, I played performance ray tracing, that's when it bumped it up to a 12. I was at a three before. Of course, I was like, yeah. Ooh, that's 60 FPS. But just like Simon, I was I was at a three. But that's no. where you find those nine other points. That's how <laughs> how reviewing a game works. I think we can yeah. all, you know, admit yeah. this is how game it's review how I do works. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. frames per second equal yeah. points. That's yeah, exactly. That's you do the math on how many frame rates you're getting, and that's how the review scores go. Every yep. game starts at a three, weirdly, uh, and then you, you go down or up from there, depending on the frame rate. Yep. Um, but no, yeah, it's uh, I, there are a lot of different ways to be able to experience the game that I do think all work very well. And I think Insomniac has done a great job for if you are listening with 3D audio enabled headphones, if you're not, you'll still get a really great experience if you're um, playing and listening to the the audio. If you have the, the DualSense uh uh, feedback on uh it, it's really fun but i think if you take that stuff off and i'm, I'm glad there there are options and um I, I remember we had a conversation about this when the ps5 was coming out steve so forgive me if i'm wrong but there are like system set levels where you can say what you want the sort of rumble feedback to be when you go into games correct Yes. Yeah. So in yeah. the system settings, you can go in and adjust the intensity of uh, the haptic feedback or also the adaptive triggers, um, the intensity for, the, for that as well. Uh, and that'll work within uh, any game that you that you play. Yeah. And so if you're someone who needs to turn off that stuff, because it can be a lot of feedback, it's definitely I don't think any weapon is as tough as the uh, shotgun and and some of the uh, rifle in Resident Evil Village as a recent example, mm -hmm. uh, where I, I I needed to go to the gym to be able to pull the trigger back. Sometimes it felt like. But uh, here there is a lot of feedback, especially as you're switching between weapons constantly. But if you if you need to turn that stuff off, you still have a really great, uh, awesome showcase of weapons going on on screen and seeing a lot of stuff there um there, there's a lot of gameplay stuff i want to touch on we're running a little short on time so i do want to mention because it's something we haven't touched on though is the the rifts and sort of the multi-dimensional nature of the game i think obviously we'll we'll save story stuff and and spoilers for for people to be able to see the game themselves but the rifts are uh for those who are wondering essentially throughout the game either in combat or uh platforming scenarios there will be rifts that are apparent out in the world that you need to be within the correct proximity to uh essentially like zip line to and pull the world uh towards you um these can be used you know to let you get around the battlefield easily to let you get to a place to get a collectible uh to get to the next section of of the story whatnot um they, they're not something that you can just put out a rift and go wherever you want it's not like a portal sort of scenario they're they're well-defined places but they also come up within the story and you'll be unexpectedly thrown between different locations uh there are also actually the optional rifts that you can jump into to collect some side content um mark just to to go back in reverse order i'll start with you what did you think of the rift edition uh to the gameplay in general did you did you end up using them a lot in combat um you know beyond the required areas you needed to use it or did you kind of leave them to the side no i used them a lot they're awesome like visually they're it's so at first you're like whoa that's wild and then you eventually get used to it but yeah it you know, uh, it's essentially a hook shot. You know, you you see something, you tether to it, and you pull. You know, you pull yourself towards it. Where, yeah, like you said, instead, uh, you're you're pulling the world to you. So the character itself really isn't moving at all. She she jumps up. You you see it tether on, and then you just pull the world to you. So visually, really really cool. I I do wish there was a little bit more of them. To be honest with you, they they don't show up. They show up pretty often, and I would have loved to show have them show up almost in every combat scenario because it's it, it really adds a dynamic to the combat that uh, that uh, you know is otherwise missed. Uh, the, the other thing I I really liked about them is there there are different time there are times where you 
you look at something like if it were a hook shot, you look and you think, oh, there's stuff in the way, right? If it, I can see it and it says I can target onto it, but if I try to hook into it, you feel like you're going to run into those things and it's not going to let you. But because of how the riffs work, you're you're pulling yourself through it instead. Uh, you miss all that. Uh, yeah, I love them a lot. I wish there was more of them. That said, <laughs> there is a lot of them. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, Steve, what, what did you think of the titular rifts of Rift Apart? I think it's actually uh, it was it's a really cool mechanic and enough for me that I was like able to kind of get out of the way if I'm being uh, overwhelmed by enemies. Uh, but I agree with Mark. Essentially, it's like there there is a lot, but I wish there was more uh, <laughs> because the, being like it seems I kind of. They kind of put them into different sort of like platforms and di- different sort of levels in, in your combat sort of zone um, that I kind of like are able to kind of pretty easily to be able to kind of get away. I used a lot of them kind of definitely near the end um, just because it just when things started to kind of get uh, escalate, um, which helps so much. Uh, and in a way, it's a really cool sort of like mechanic that I'm certain that there's a lot of like like PS five behind the scenes, Kung Fu, like code Kung Fu to be able to do all that. (laughs) And it really does showcase a lot of kind of what the PS five can do, especially um, when you're having to be able to like jump between uh, different areas of the world. And it's just like, yeah, you're right. Right. It just kind of it feels like the world's coming to you instead of you going to it. And it's a it's a it's a definitely a technical achievement. Uh, And I would love to be able to see like a breakdown behind the scenes of like how they were able to accomplish that. Um, I know it's sort of like the, that particular mechanic may not be necessarily new to games, but to like to be able to do it on this scale and, and actually like work really well and really fast. I'd love to be able to know what like how they how they went about making that because it was just really, really fun. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And it really has me hopeful that uh, eventually, if not maybe the next one, but at some point we see some uh, Spider-Man multiverse shenanigans at some point. Uh, Simon, what did you uh, think of the riffs uh, in Rift Apart? I think I'm on a similar page to everyone else. Like, I really enjoyed them. I just wish there was more of them. I wish, I do wish they were kind of more dynamic and they weren't in set places in each arena. Like, they just pop up here and there and you can, they'll take you to a, a different place each time. They're kind of in the same two or three spots in every arena. So, you know where they're going to be. Kind of wish there was a bit more randomness to it. But I think I actually enjoyed them more during like the platform or on rail sections. And normally I'm not a big fan of on rail sections in games but in this game they do it so well they're kind of taking some of those great like spider-man big action moments and kind of rivaling uncharted for some of theirs as well one of my favorite moments in the game is i think in one of the trailers you see a giant uh robot on like a desert looking planet like i think that's my favorite moment in the game and there's a couple like that we haven't even talked about the opening of the game which is another great set piece like that yes, i mean yeah there's some amazing set pieces in this game and just yeah how they use the riffs and there's some really clever stuff with the dimensions as well like there's a couple of levels in the game which kind of riff off the effect and cause mission from Titanfall 2 if you're familiar with that or a crack mm-hmm. in the slab if you're a Dishonored fan like they're kind of doing that bit and that's quite clever it adds a bit more not not necessarily puzzle to it because it's quite obvious what you need to do but I, I wanted them to do that when they first announced like the rift and the dimensional stuff and I'm glad we got it because yes yeah. yeah there are definitely some worlds that use the the ideas on display that without spoiling mm-hmm. them I, I i do think are some of the best use and I, I i'm pretty in agreement with all of you i think it's like it's a really great first iteration of it and i i just wanted more and now that they've kind of shown this proof of concept whether or not they do it again with uh, ratchet whether they put it into spider-man or, or find some other use i hope we see them iterate on this mechanic because i think it's a, a really great concept and idea um we're unfortunately running a little short on time so we'll have to wrap up in just a second um <clears throat> but steve i know we were talking overall and i i did want to just make sure that we sort of covered the gamut on, on the um <clears throat> excuse me i am losing my voice all of a sudden uh on the accessibility <laughs> topics uh i have not had enough coffee this morning um because i i do think it's I- important to see some of the the strides that they're making and, and the stuff that they're working on but was there anything that felt a little bit lacking for you in terms of what they they could have done here or hope you hope that you hope they can iterate on in the future um, yeah, I think that there is definitely a lot there. If you're kind of looking for the breadth of options that say something like The Last of Us 2 had, um, there's definitely a lot of that. There are we're starting to kind of see games that have a lot of options in there. Um, but it would be like it, that's kind of part of the accessibility picture. You generally yeah, options are great, but you have to kind of have accessibility part of the design of the game uh, from the very beginning in order to be able to kind of make it accessible where options aren't necessarily needed as much. But it's 
there if 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 you need to be able to kind of adjust it or tweak it or customize it. I think in this particular game, there are definitely going to be some issues, sort of some gaps in the uh, disability spectrums, uh, whether it's from hearing, cognitive, motor, or, or uh, blind, low vision, that are going to be uh, definitely some uh, deal breakers for some. Um, however, it's, it just kind of, I, I sort of kind of been just able to describe it. It's like there's a lot of nuts and bolts there. I just hope that Insomniac will go in and tighten them a little bit uh, just to kind of uh, make it a little bit more of an accessible experience. Like we've uh, within day one patch, there was actually even more accessibility options that they added in that actually does help. uh, And even some of my friends who have played it, that essentially it's helped them to be able to kind of get uh, get past certain parts that they found difficult. And I just hope that essentially then Insomniac will be able to do more and add more updates as they go with more accessibility, because there's a lot of really great stuff there. And I think that this game is a definite recommend from an accessibility standpoint. Uh, it's just they won't be able to hit every single thing that other games have been able to do. Uh, so I hope that Insomniac will be able to kind of do that and, and progress on it, because this is a game that definitely should be played. Uh, 100% yeah. if, if you're able if you're able to get your hands on a PS5. <laughs> of course. Yeah. The, the biggest uh, the caveat of all the for, for our audiences, of course, not everyone out there listening to Podcast Beyond has a PlayStation 5. And so don't worry, we'll be back next week talking about a, a wider spectrum of PS4 and PS5 topics. But with Ratchet & Clank coming out this Friday, I wanted to make sure we we covered our bases on it. Uh, we're unfortunately out of time, but I've, there's so much more to discuss with this game. I feel like at some point we need to do a spoiler cast to a certain extent to get into the, the nitty gritty of it all. But I, re- I really appreciate you all uh, taking the time to talk with me uh, about Ratchet & Clank. Uh, you can see all of our full coverage, not just my review, but a ton more content on IGN.com as well, uh, covering a wider gamut of uh, deep dives into some of the features on the game uh, some of the weapons uh, performance reviews uh, of the uh, visual showcase options that you have there and a lot more so please go check all of that stuff out uh, but of course you can find us all over the internet uh, you can find us all on twitter I'm at JM Dornbush Simon is at Cardi Simon Steve is at Steve Saylor and Mark is at Mark underscore Medina uh, anything in particular that the three of you and Simon I'll start with you want to plug uh, any work or any anything people should check Ooh. out in particular uh, yes. I think I'll have a couple of rats features going up this week i think if you want to see all 20 weapons in action before you play the game that'll come out in the next 20 20 days in the next two days even <laughs> sometime in the next 20 days um but uh yeah just keep tuned for all our summer of gaming stuff and every friday i'm on the ign uk podcast so if you yeah. don't listen to that why not give it a go it's look good at, fun look out for simon's work before the end of june mm-hmm. uh, yes. <laughs> steve what about you anything uh, you want to point people toward yeah, so uh, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash snowball, I have a very jam-packed uh, accessibility review. Uh, I have a conversation with Courtney Craven at Can I Play That? And Stacey Jenkins, who's a cognitive accessibility uh, specialist. We go in through really in-depth in the ex- accessibility of it. And then I actually will have, uh, as well, sometime, uh, hopefully this uh, this week, I'll actually have an interview with uh, the game director from Insomniac talking about accessibility. And that's all going to be on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash snowball. Yes, that is the actual URL. It's I've incredible. had my account since 2005. <laughs> That's that is impressive. Uh, I need I need to talk to you about yeah, banking on some accounts that I may need in the future. That's very good work. <laughs> sure, there. of course. Uh, but yes, go go check out Steve's work and uh, yes, shout out to uh, can I play that? Uh, fantastic work as well. Uh, Mark, anything you want to point people toward? Uh, of course, other than your fantastic uh, video <laughs> cut for the Rack yeah, Bank review. Watch watch the Rift Apart review. That was my weekend, and uh, we I tried to do as many like special out-of-the-box kind of things. Things that uh, I was messaging Dornbush over the weekend. I'm like, they're either (laughs) going to like this or they're going to tell me to cut it, but that's how you know you're making a good video and taking risks is when you're pretty sure there's at least four things in it that they'll want to cut. And uh, shocker, they didn't cut any of them. So uh, I, I, I did my job there. Also, E3 is this weekend. Holy smokes. So I'll be on a I'll be on a few panels here and there for that. Uh, please be excited for E3 because we missed it last year and it looks like it's going to be super, super good this year. Yep, and we'll have a ton of E3 coverage and uh, IGN's own Summer of Gaming uh, on uh, IGN all all summer long, but especially tune in for for the following days for a ton of coverage of all the crazy events happening uh, in the the days to come. But uh, anyway, with that, thank you all so much for joining me for this week's episode of Podcast Beyond, and thank you as always to Red, our producer, for making the show happen, and thank you to everyone out there listening and watching. We hope you're safe and we hope you're well, and as always, beyond. 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 Beyond.
Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Get inspired while learning all about the unique planes of existence. Get the in-depth knowledge you need to help your combat encounters feel impactful, or learn about the origins and pantheons of every race and class the game offers. No stone is left unturned as every edition of the game is explored and explained in a way that benefits players of all different levels of experience. You can expand your TTRPG horizons in a way that's as entertaining as it is educational just by listening. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcast app or YouTube and search for The Dungeon Cast.